Blog Talk Radio. In a recent appearance on Australian television, pink-haired, self-described sex educator Deanne Carson said that parents should ask babies for their consent before changing their diapers. The intent, she said, is to foster a culture of consent for babies, who would be, of course, in deep trouble if they actually need to supply consent for anything. This is the Body of Christ Church, inviting you to our virtual living room, where we discuss today's issues and how those issues relate to the Holy Scriptures. So sit back, relax, and engage in conversation with us. Good afternoon, and the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. I am Josiah, and welcome to our virtual living room where we examine recent events and other topics as they pertain to the Holy Scriptures. We give all praises to the Most High in Christ, and we give thanks for God's generous mercy, grace, and forgiveness. This week, we are going to talk about um, parenting, raising children. Um, over the over time, um, there have been different people who are deemed to be experts in the field of parenting, uh, raising children, and so forth, and they have various and sundry ideas or uh, recommendations and so forth about how you go about raising children. Well, uh, recently, um, watching uh, TV, I came across one that I found to be extremely interesting, and um, there was someone that was suggesting that you get consent from babies before changing their diapers. Okay, now I know for some people that might sound like it's outlandish or so forth, but before you go there, you should probably hear it out. So that's going to be one of the things that we're going to uh, cover here on the program today. But we are going to go more into talking about the parenting overall. And one of the things that's really difficult in parenting is whenever a child rebels. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about in general. Uh, the, the overall concept of a new style of parenting. And, of course, through all of this, uh, the brothers who are joining me here today in the virtual living room are going to discuss these things from a biblical perspective. And I have joining me here today in the virtual living room, first of all, our brother, Yohanathan. Yes, giving all praise to the Heavenly Father. Glad to be here. And also joining us, we also have our uh, brother, Kazakia. Shalom to my brothers on the panel. Give it all praises, honor, and glory to the Heavenly Father in Christ. Definitely good to be back with another topic, and hopefully there will be definitely, hopefully there will be edification to come out from our conversation concerning this time. Okay, uh, brothers, where I want to go first is to uh, play a clip for our audience to give them an understanding of how this all came about to begin with. And it was just me watching television one evening and came across this uh, excerpt from uh, the, uh, a program that is hosted by Tucker Carlson on Fox, Fox News. And it's a segment called the Liberal, Liberal Sherper. And uh, so I want to play that clip uh, so the audience can understand uh, the reason why I decided to, well, Maybe not why, but uh, they understand more about what this whole thing is about getting consent from babies to change their diapers. In a recent appearance on Australian television, pink-haired, self-described sex educator Deanne Carson 
said that parents should ask babies for their consent before changing their diapers. The intent, she said, is to foster a culture of consent for babies who would be, of course, in deep trouble if they actually need to supply consent for anything. That's obviously crazy, uh, but that doesn't mean it won't happen or become the law in this country. And so to check on what the future is going to look like, we bring, as always, our liberal Sherpa, Kathy Aru, to join us. She's the founding publisher of Catalina Magazine. Kathy, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So um, consent for diaper changing from babies. This raises, yeah. leaving aside whether it's a good idea, it raises, it raises the obvious practical question. Yeah. How would a baby give consent? Well, the idea isn't exactly the baby's not exactly going to say yes or no, but she's saying give the baby a few moments, talk to the baby, say, is it okay I'm going to change your nappy? Because she's Australian, so that's how they um, say diapers. Yeah. Can I you change your say nappy? That's an American baby. I don't think the continue. American baby would understand. But it's actually yeah. just teaching um, consent, what consent is. It's teaching bodily autonomy. It's teaching hey, um, I'm not going to touch your body if you don't want me to. It's just like talking to a baby about anything. Mommy loves you. Daddy loves you. So people talk to babies right. all the time. So why wouldn't the concept of talking to a baby while doing something so serious as, you know, um, changing a diaper be so ridiculous? Sounds because quite normal. Because you don't typically expect a baby to respond in a way that you can understand. Again, how do you know what consent looks like? So let's just do a little role playing if we could. You be the baby, the I baby. be the parent. Okay, okay. and you're changing and my diaper. And I say, I'm going to make this change, mm -hmm. and you, how do you express your consent or lack of consent for that? Well, if I start crying, something's wrong, so you probably don't want to do anything at that moment because you wouldn't want to make diaper changing something that goes along with crying. You would probably want me to be in a healthy state of mind so that in the future, when it comes to those private things, I'd be in a healthy state of mind. I'd be a well-adjusted adult. So well-adjusted baby would be crying, a well-adjusted adult. But maybe the child's crying because his diaper is dirty. Right, obviously, yeah. So, I mean, the parent would have to be the best judge of that, but I guess okay. if you would make me cry, if you asked me if I wanted you to, and then I started crying, and maybe you should get a hint, take the hint. Are there, would it be like an eye gesture? Like, do, <laughs> I mean, you're a mom. Do, do your kids, I mean, can you read their facial expressions and know it's that super, they're it's, what it's they're saying? It's super healthy. Erickson said, uh, an expert, a baby expert, that from zero to two are the trust years. So during these trust years, you want the baby to trust you. So there's nothing wrong with talking to a baby and those situations, just teaching a baby how to trust. So this is a moment where you're teaching a baby to trust you. So I don't think the baby is expected to necessarily <laughs> give consent. You're just teaching the baby to trust you. You're what asking a baby for bodily, you're asking the baby to express bodily autonomy. I think that's, that's the big point. Right. Here. Babies yeah. don't, they're not super great at understanding English, in my experience of having a number of them. But this I is how they learn English. Maybe other babies are more intelligent than mine were. But what but, if the child keeps saying no, like over a period of weeks? And you keep going in there, you know, I'd really like to change the diaper, but the child refuses to give me consent. At some point, that becomes neglect, right? And I, also nasty. I think it's the concept of teaching, teaching the consent, talking about it. During that moment, so many parents do not discuss it. And they, the babies grow up, and in the English language, they're not even used to talking about those things. So the concept <laughs> is teaching, t teaching trust. It's trust issues. But you don't Zero really discuss anything with a baby. I mean, it's in the same you sense. You discuss everything you may with talk a baby. To your dog, I'm going to touch your arm. I'm going to put this. Dog. I'm going to put this lotion on your arm. You talk about everything. I'm, I'm going to dress you. Parents talk to babies about, all day long. I'm going to cook dinner for you. What about a polio vaccine? Should you're, you or you're polio, gonna have a, yes, pox, you're going to get a vaccine. 
I mean, don't right? people have to give consent? That you can't give organs if you don't give consent, right? So if you have consent, even dead people can make decisions. Why can't babies? So from dead birth people can make decisions? How do they uh, do that? Well, you have to give consent to have the organs taken after you die. So if you can give consent from a baby year to your death. People should always give consent if their body is going to be so, touched. Right. So if the child says, no, I don't want, the baby indicates by crying or rolling his eyes, I don't I want a polio vaccine, then you just, you just don't get him a polio vaccine then. I think it's the, the idea of discussing it with the baby. Consent, I don't think, is necessarily the issue. It's the idea. Oh. You're developing So trust. even if the baby says no, no doesn't really mean no <laughs> is what you're saying. The baby can't talk during the diaper Right. Either, so with babies, so. no doesn't mean no. I, I totally get that. Where does the obedience part come in? Is there any part in the relationship with your child where the child learns to obey what you say? Or is it always kind of a, a, a give and take, a colloquy with a, with a mute person? This is, this is about conversation, talking to the baby. It's a conversation. <laughs> it's not disciplining. It's, these aren't the discipline years. As, right. As child experts. Is there a point say. where the baby says, you know, mom, please stop talking. You just, you talk or too dad, much. Just go or ahead dad. And go ahead and change the diaper. I don't think most dads would go for this, but I mean, oh, okay. whatever. Maybe, maybe dad, I don't know. Right, you know hey, right. parents, stop talking. Just go ahead exactly. and change it. Exactly. I, I, I don't think these are the years that the baby would be able to respond, but it's just the, getting the <laughs> concept of I'm touching your body. You have bodily autonomy. You should always have the right to say yes or no if someone's going to touch your body, and I'm going to teach that concept right now during uh -huh. the trust years. Just I like the concept that kids do what they're told. That's my favorite concept for kids. Just yeah. Do, yeah, do what we tell you to do. Kathy Aru, thank you so much. Thank you. Great to see you. Okay, Kazakia, uh, you heard w what was said there. And uh, it, it looks like Tucker Carlson made it seem that getting the baby's consent to change diapers is ridiculous. But is that really a ridiculous notion? In my honest and humble opinion, no. And the reason why I say it that way is because who's, who, who's the parent? Who has the authority? Who's not? Who has the responsibility of the care, nurture, and maintaining of that child, and who do, and who does not. Now, I would like to I, I would like to bring a scripture into this if I can, and that scripture is in First Corinthians chapter three, right? It's in First Corinthians chapter three, and verse nineteen, and it says, "For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness." The part that really I wanted to emphasize was the first part where it says, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. This, no, this new notion of uh, asking consent, parents asking consent to, for example, change a baby's diaper, that's foolishness. I mean, I'll I, I ask you, uh, Brother Josiah, I'll ask you, as far as you can recall, when you were growing up, especially during those primary formative years, do you recall either your dad or your mom asking permission to change your diaper, or did they just up and do it because they knew that's what had to be done? Bro, uh, as far as my diaper is concerned, I don't remember wearing diapers at all. <laughs> you know, I have no recollection of that time in my life. Um, mm -hmm. But as far as my siblings who... Uh, you know, I had an opportunity to observe 
you know, them wearing diapers and having their diapers changed. And in fact, some of them, I actually changed their diapers. Uh, so there was never anything about uh, gaining consent. But, you know, things have changed. You know, that's been some time ago. So, and mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of these, um, the, the experts in regard to child rearing and parenting and so forth, that's one of the things that they look to is, is, is what are the times now and what types of things do you need to pay attention to in order for your children to be raised up to be healthy, mature, uh, productive adults? You know, right. So, but I, I also want to bring something else to the table if I could, because we've got these brand new ideas, these new age notions of how we're supposed to deal with each other, how we're supposed to interact with each other. Even the conversation that we're currently having today, uh, uh, changing. A, a baby's diaper uh, slash child rearing. These new age notions, believe it or not, brothers, when we really take sit back and look at the grand scheme of things, these notions, they're all basically designed or they have the motive of bit by bit taking away the right or the authority of the parent from the child. Once upon okay. a time, I didn't and I have a, I have a, I have a son. Excuse me, I have a son. Of course, he's beyond those diaper changing years now. But I never recall. Uh, hey, little man, can I change your diaper now? No. At the same time, being raised by my parents, I do not recall an occasion in which either my mom or my dad asked me for my permission or my consent to change my diaper. At the same time, I don't recall an occasion in which my dad or my mom asked me for my consent to give me medicine when I was sick or asked me consent, my consent to buy me clothes or asked me for my consent to take care of me or to provide for me or to, or, or to nurture or even discipline for that matter. They mm-hmm. just did it because they understood this is my son. And I have a responsibility to take care of, provide for, protect, nurture, and if necessary, even discipline this uh, my child. It wasn't a question of can I or do I have your permission or if you feel okay with it. No, that's something that's something uh, not of the scriptures. I'll say it that way. Okay. All right. So what I want to do for the audience now is to uh, play another clip, and this clip is. Uh, the source of how this whole thing with Tucker Carlson and Kathy Aru, how they became, you know, got involved in this conversation because there was someone else that actually was on the program. And that person's name is Deanne Carson, and she's uh, was an Australian TV show. And uh, she happened to be, be the person that first mentioned something about getting consent from a baby to change their diapers. So uh, here's the clip. How, how young are some you talk to? Uh, we work from children from three years old. We work with parents from birth. From birth? Yeah, yeah. Just about how to set up a culture of consent in their home. So I'm going to change your nappy now. Is that okay? Of course the baby's not going to respond. Yes, mum, that's awesome. I'd love to have my nappy changed. But if you leave a space and wait for body language and wait to make eye contact, then you're letting that child know that their response matters. 
Okay, Yawanathan. Uh, Deanne Carson clarified her core notion is that this behavior can teach babies that their response matters. All right. So, Yawanathan, help us out. Help the audience out. What are the scriptures that support teaching babies that their response matters? Hmm. Let's see. I'm going to go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and 4. Okay. Mm-hmm. Before I go there, I'm going to start in the New Testament where it says a certain thing Christ told us to do. If I can get it. Um, well, I'm starting Deuteronomy 6 first. Let me, let me start there. Because these things that um, what we're hearing about is is absolutely really um, foolish. The response of the Lord already told us matters in, in this one chapter in Deuteronomy uh, chapter chapter six and verse four. Is all of these things that these people are trying to indicate something new? It's already been established, and it says mm-hmm. this. It says Deuteronomy, and I'm gonna start at verse six. In verse six, it says. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Verse 7, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. So that sounds like all times, all all times everywhere. Do what? Teach them the word of the Heavenly Father. And the reason mm-hmm. why they want them to teach them, so that they may do them. Okay. So now this whole notion of, okay, give me a blink, that means yes. Give me a, a blink, you don't, um, means no or whatever. The kid is going to grow up um, above that, going to continue to develop, okay, until a, until a man, until a woman. Because I got to say a man and women because we're so confused now that you think there's more genders besides man and woman. But the thing is they're going to grow into a man or a woman, what the Heavenly Father made them to be. And then when they have um, in that um, adulthood, they're going to have to be what? Responsible for what? Pleasing the Lord. So all of those little notions and, and all those little things they're talking about is just like how the brother was saying. That it's, it's, it's a back way, slimy way to pervert life and to take away the, the, the words of the Heavenly Father. I just want to throw this one verse in because um, everyone thinks like, like they – Tucker Carson got the show probably laughing, like, look, look at what these idiots is coming up with. But on the serious side of this is 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 what it says here. In Galatians the uh, five. I'm gonna get it. Galatians chapter five and I'm gonna go to uh verse nine. There it is. It says it says Galatians five and nine, it says, A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Because you start with you don't know how to direct your child, then the, then the next generation, when these uh, when these kids grow up, okay, they can do whatever they want, and then next thing you know, it's going to get worse and worse. What's that telling you? They want a world of what? Absolute, absolute, complete. Do whatever you want. No rule. No right, wrong. No nothing. No order. Back to you, bro. Okay. All right. Thank you for that, bro. Uh, Kazakia. Um... Uh, Deanne Carson, um, when she was being uh, interviewed on this program, what she was initially speaking in terms of was uh, 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 
uh, women, and she was talking about rape, and she was talking about women uh, giving consent to have sex. And it morphed into something else. So she eventually talked about, you know, consent and how even babies should be given consent. So that's how this whole thing came about. So now considering that, apart from babies, isn't it important that children understand consent? It's important that children uh, understand consent. Uh, But that comes as the child develops. You know, when you at, at two and three years old, when a child has a dirty diaper, and uh, you know you run the uh, you know you run the risk of that child either uh, developing a rash from it. I'm not going to ask permission. I'm only speaking for myself now. I'm not going to ask permission. Is it okay if I change your dirty diaper? I'm not going to ask permission or look for some type of body language or look for some type of cue to suggest. The child's uh, compliance or uh, with me changing the diaper. I'm not going to do that because I'm the parent. Or if I'm not the biological parent, I've been charged with the responsibility of providing care for this child. I'm not going to do that. If I see that the the child, uh, the diaper is dirty, I'm going to take the initiative to do what it is that I'm supposed to do so that complications do not develop from the child having a dirty diaper, such as possibly a rash or something of that nature. I mean, that's what the old folks used to call back in the day common sense. And right about now, our society, this world and the way that it is, it does not operate using plain, basic common sense. Now, what I would like to do, brother, I would like to go back and address the question that you asked a little bit earlier on. And and the question that you asked was, when does a child's response? When does a child's response matter? Mm-hmm. Let me read the scripture. This is Exodus chapter twenty and uh, verse sixteen. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Christ comes back in Matthew, the nineteenth chapter, and he uh, and he teaches, "Thou shalt not bear false witness." Period. So, when does a child's response matter? When it comes to telling the truth. I want to know the truth. What happened? You tell me. And the response that I get, if I'm teaching, and when I say teaching, as mm-hmm. I'm teaching as well as being that example of mm-hmm. thus saith the Lord out of the scriptures, then that response that the child gives me in, in, in reference to the questions that I pose to him, it's supposed to be the truth. That's when a child's response matters. As far mm-hmm. as Consent as what? What am I supposed to do? And the, are you ready for your medicine now? Do I have your permission to give you a little bit of cough medicine because you have a runny nose and, and perhaps a fever? You're coughing. No, I'm not asking for that. I'm going to do what the heavenly Father has charged me to do, which is to take care of His inheritance, because the scriptures tell you children are are the heritage of the Most High. So at that point, it becomes. This is God's charge. This is the Heavenly Father's charge to me in reference to me taking care of you. So I'm not going to ask you, meaning the child, permission to do what God Almighty has charged me or what he has tasked me to do. I'm going to do it. Whether you give 
quote unquote consent or not. All right, brothers. Um, Kazakia, you, you just uh, brought up a very, very good point, bro. I definitely appreciate that. Um, what I want to want to both both of you brothers to do for me though is uh, we have to take a short break, and uh, when we come out of the break, I want you to think about scriptures that somehow indicate that it is important that children understand consent because I think Kazaki you, and you want to say you agree that that is an important thing but you know it should be backed up by scriptures I think you brothers agree with that so you know there may not be a scripture that says explicitly you must get a consent from a child but somehow that's what it amounts to when you read the scripture so if your brothers would think about that for me I'd appreciate it and we'll come back from the break that's what we would address The Body of Christ Church invites you to listen to all our programs on Blog Talk Radio. These programs are meant to edify the listener regarding repentance and good works that come to the Holy Scriptures. The weekly program schedule is Sunday at 2 p.m., Tuesday at 8 p.m., Wednesday at 7 p.m., Friday at 7 p.m., and Saturday at 9 a.m., all Eastern Standard Time. Our Spanish broadcast is at 11.30 a.m. Easter Standard Time each Saturday at blogtalkradio.com slash ICDC. Please accept our invitation to call in to our show at 646-716-7749. Your comments or questions are eagerly encouraged whether they agree or disagree with the viewpoints expressed by those involved in the program. Again, call in now Please dial 646-716-7749. Okay, brothers, uh, we're back. And the question is, um, it's, it's about the scriptures that back up the notion that uh, children should understand consent because at some point, uh, they, they're going to be away from the house, away from the uh, the guidance and protection of their mother and father, and they're going to have to somehow speak for themselves and do things for themselves. And we know that in, in this world, there are people out there that uh, that will abuse children. They will do them a great deal of harm, and there are certain things that the child would possibly not want to consent to. So, uh, brothers, are there any scriptures that would back that up, that children uh, should understand consent, the importance of them consenting to people treating them one way or another? You know, um, Josiah, the point where in this this show, the consent – I'm with you on, but that's like later down the road to me. seems like now the issue is we got to ask anything just to get anything from a child who don't even know how to mm-hmm. read and write yet. So it, it seems like the issue that they're speaking on is like the, um, the immediate right now. So it's like you, you, you afraid, you're afraid to be a parent to the immediate right um, here and now as a toddler. And I believe that goes into how the scriptures say the issue, what they're trying to do and trying to philosophize, try to come up with a new way of parenting 
is um, trying to destroy the parent from actually doing what what we're reading about in these scriptures. You, you see, mm-hmm. there there is like later down the road when your when your child like after we read like the scripture that I read earlier about um, you should teach the heavenly father's word when you walk us when you rise us up when all of that. Now you mm-hmm. begin in the when you at that age now you have common sense you have the 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 fear of the Lord. Then from that point with the fear of the Lord you can decipher what's right and wrong by the fear of the Lord. Then you know, look, I'm not doing that. That stuff is off. Like for example, uh, when we read about um, Jacob's son Joseph, mm. okay, when Joseph was mm-hmm. in Egypt and the woman wanted to lay with him and he was in his in his teens, okay, and mm-hmm. then he fled from that woman, okay. But the point mm-hmm. that they're trying to when I'm when I'm looking at this show, that it, it's like they're at a at an earlier age, way before that, and what they're doing is trying to make the parent afraid to be a parent. And, so and, what age, and when what it, age are, you, are you looking at? It's like a cutoff point where, um, you know, you really do need to understand consent in an age where you know it's not so important. Uh, uh, maybe it's maybe it's not an age. Maybe it's a period of, in time, or uh, um, a a period of uh, maturity when a child is displaying a certain amount of maturity, or when they're going to be exposed to certain things that uh, you know they need to understand the consent. When is that time? Okay. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that, but but okay. I just want to I just want to just get to that notion of what they're trying to do here, is in Ecclesiastes thirty and twelve, uh, uh, shall I say thirty and nine? It says, "Conquer that child, and he shall make thee afraid. Play with him, and he will bring thee to heaviness." So that's where we're at now. They're trying to instill. But on the sly way, or look, it's fine to try to get consent, all this other stuff. That goes into a form of conquer, conquering. That goes in the form of you playing the, the the servant and not the authority figure and to, to establish right and wrong. And then when they mm-hmm. grow up, it's going to give you sorrow. But now to the age of, um, an age of a consent. Now, when we read the scriptures and we look at uh, many examples, like we gave the example uh, Joseph, that he was what in his um, um, late teens, early early twenties, right? Now you have David, a young man. Here he is, a, a young child, younger than that. Slews Goliath, okay, and he had what? He was put up in the, um, the fear of the Lord, okay. Then mm-hmm. you have an example of, of of a prophet by the name of Jeremiah. He was uh, he was a young 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 prophet all all the way through a lot of kings. Then you have Daniel, young, dealing with the Babylonians, and Samuel. So even from a child up, everyone knew his wisdom. So now the age of consent, as, as we're trying to define, put it into a, 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 a quantitative number, we, we can't have that. I don't see that. I see that we have the application of the Lord. We learn what the Lord um, does. And the spirit of the Lord moves a um, child. He knows that spirit. One child might be 15, one 12, or whatever. But look, or the thing is to serve the Lord and put that wisdom on it and not look for a quantitatively, a quantitative age. Do the things that the Lord says. That look, let's fear the Lord. Let's put the fear of the Lord on them. Let's do all of these things. And then one person might be, like, for, like we said, um, Josiah, a young king in Israel. Okay, 
Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, Daniel, he was what? Set up he, um, some of the notables of the children, Daniel and other um, notables in the land of Babylon. And, and he was what? Um, doing a lot of things. Matter of fact, he was one of the presidents at, at one point in Babylon, in captivity. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that whole thing was the fear of the Lord, having that understanding, and, and then different ages for different ones. But the thing is the fear of the Lord. I don't, I don't see an age of of consent, I see an age of understanding. Okay, you know? a very, very mm-hmm. good point, Sir Jonathan. I definitely appreciate that. Kazaki, the same question for you about, uh, you know, the scriptures that actually back up that, you know, uh, children should be taught about uh, consent. They should understand consent. Two. I have two scriptures that, are, that deal with that. Proverbs 22 and 6, where it says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So, of course, with this scripture, the main things that we're supposed to be training up a child, it doesn't matter if the child is biologically yours or not, the main thing that we're supposed to be training up our children in is the fear of the Heavenly Father, the teachings of Christ, and not just let's look at the Bible and read it. We, as the adults, as the parents, we have to actually do it. We have to actually apply it. So our children should see in us the teachings that we're referencing in the scriptures. But also within that, we have, as, a, as, as parents, we have to make sure that we are teaching our children, especially with all the sexual predators that are out there nowadays, especially boundaries. This is what he can touch or she can touch. This is what he or she cannot touch. If there is a problem and they cross that boundary, you come see me so I can step in and intervene. So it's all in the teaching. It's all in the example also that we set. So in the fear of the Lord, in the teachings of Christ, in the commandments, yes, a given must be taught to our children. But also within that, within those confines, you also have to teach our children about, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, about boundaries, about limits, what a person or persons are allowed to teach, to, uh, I apologize, touch, and what persons or persons are allowed not to touch. At the same time, we also have to teach the concept of communication that you read about in the book of Hebrews. We have to communicate. We have to encourage that communication, that exchange between parents and children. Okay, what happened? How did you feel? Tell me what happened. Did they did they cross the line? Just just all of that so that children can understand that first and foremost, my mom or my dad, they love me and they want to protect me and they want the best for me. At the same time, I know I can trust my mom or my dad or both. And tell them these things that are happening to me that make me feel uncomfortable or unsafe. Now, another scripture that comes to mind is in the book of Luke. It's in uh, Luke chapter 6 and verse 31. And these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ where he says, bear with me a second. He says, and as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also Excuse me. Let me let me start again. It says, "And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also 
to them likewise. So the overall point is, well, they call it the law of reciprocity, but the overall point is as we're supposed to want men to uh, treat us with kindness, decency, courtesy, and respect, we should also be willing to give that kindness, decency, courtesy, and respect to other persons. That's just the overall example of the Lord Jesus Christ. At the same time, have that wherewithal, which comes from being taught by our parents that, wait a minute, this is an area or this is a zone that this person, man or woman, they are not supposed to cross. This is a line that they are not supposed to cross. And if they do cross, then I need to make their actions known to my parents so that my parents can intervene and protect me and guide me. Okay. Now, brothers, and and listening to uh, everything that you're bringing out here, uh, I I think, you know, tell me if you disagree with this, but I think what you can kind of summarize this up is that you should teach a child that they are never to consent to anything sinful. Yes, they're they're not to consent to anything simple. Um, hold on, let's 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 read the scripture right quick. I'm going back a bit. This is Proverbs chapter one, and it says Proverbs one and ten. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privily. For the innocent without cause Let us swallow them up alive As the grave and whole As those that go down to the pit We shall find all precious substance We shall fill our, uh, our houses with spoil Cast in thy lot among us Let us all have one purse My son, walk not thou in the way with them Refrain thy foot from their path So here it is. The, the main point of it is in verse 10. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. In other words, if people are tempting you to walk outside the confines of the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, don't consent to that. Don't give your permission. Don't follow that example. Don't give in to that temptation. Okay, so now so you all, want to, all have to keep it first. I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead, bro. I, I thought you were done. Go ahead. No, no, no. no. That, that was it. I was just saying we all have to keep it okay. spiritual, and when we keep it spiritual, then we know how to deal with these with these everyday occurrences. So you want to tell that scripture that Kazaki just brought out seems to be like the perfect scripture that dovetails into what you were talking about earlier in regard to. Uh, that age of understanding As they understand you teach So you're teaching them about What things are sinful And then they start learning about If someone happens to approach me this way Touching touching you in ways that you shouldn't be touched Then they understand By the teachings that uh, Come from the scriptures That they're not to consent to being touched And caressed and and, and um, In that manner is, is that Kind of speaks to your point you want then Yes, it does, because our children are are very wise, and what I mean by this is that if we do if we do what the Lord told us as adults, the next generation to apply to them, meaning teach them by the way, 
and and uh, when we wake us up, when we all of this, because even as they're young, okay, I'm going to show you how impressionable the children are. You can play a song, okay, it sticks with them. You go to a TV mm-hmm. show, it sticks mm-hmm. with them. So the thing is, why not take that energy and make the word of the Heavenly Father stick with them? Stop giving them limitations. So now they may they understand, look, fornication is this, okay? Uh, uh, lasciviousness is this. When you see this, you'll raise a red flag, and that's a no-no. No one is to do this, okay? No, that's a red flag. Hey, so-and-so did this to me. Stand up. Mm-hmm. Begin to speak for yourself. Put the, the confidence mm-hmm. in the child. Put these things in them instead of uh, uh, SpongeBob Bob and everything else. Okay? Right. I'm not saying a child can't be a child, but if we take the time, it, it's, it's certain everything is balanced, right? So you don't give a child an all, all-day TV land, and what, what do you think they're going to learn? Nothing. But if you take some time to do what the Scripture says to do, when 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 these things come up, they already know, hey, what are you doing? You ain't supposed to do that. And see, this whole evil world, let me throw this in there as well about this no bullying thing, is to make our children passive and evil and, like, mm-hmm. not not to have some resistance. Did not Satan come and resist Christ and tempt him? Okay? So now if he's always tempted, then it said and when he went away for another time. What, what do you think is going to happen in our world? And Christ says the servant is not above his master, but they're throwing this this bullying thing in is to make the next pe- next generation docile. You're gonna have adversity. You're gonna have trials. And you know what? Get something to knock some, knock that person out, or tell somebody, look, this person is 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 doing something to me that I am not with. So that whole mm-hmm. that whole consent stuff is is evil. With that um, that child raising thing. Um, coming up, and then here we're hearing in the scriptures. If if we take the time to instill in our children, they are go, they're gonna already know. Look, I'm not riding with you. I'm not going to do a drive out with you. I am not going to what have evil illicit sex with this woman or three way or whatever because mm-hmm. that's not what I'm not supposed to do. I'm not stealing mm-hmm. from this man's car because the scripture says thou shalt not steal. You can go do whatever you want to do. I'm going home. You see what I'm saying? So that that mm-hmm. consent is there with that wisdom of the Lord. Well, very good. Thank you so much, brothers, for that. Now, in it, talking about this whole thing about consent and speaking in terms of teaching a child about uh, being obedient to to scriptures and letting that guide them as to things that they're going to consent to or not consent to. You know, what do you do about a child that is defiant? You're teaching them these things from the scriptures. Uh, you're teaching them things that how you want to order your house and so forth, how you want them to behave, but they are defining, they're, they're rebelling against that. Well, there's uh, a person, uh, Trisha Ferreira, and I'm going to play a clip from Trisha. Uh, uh, she gives advice. Trisha Ferreira, she's a MA, is a licensed professional counselor and parenting strategist who has helped individuals navigate their lives with grace and truth for more than 15 years. In her book, Parenting 2.0, she boldly takes on the status quo of how we think about parenting. So uh, I want to play a clip that somewhat illustrates her approach 
to handling defiant children. One night, my daughter was acting out. I said, go to your room. No, I won't go, she said. I said, go to your room. No, I won't go. Finally, I got so mad, I yelled, go to your room. Guess what? She didn't go to her room. What do you do when your child is being so defiant and won't do what you're asking them to do? I say it's time to leave the playground. He has other ideas. Basically, he just wants to do what he wants to do. Tell me what, exactly what you might say and what he might say. Okay, so I would say we are leaving the playground now. I'm going to count to 10, and if you're not coming with me by the time I get to 10, then when we get home, there's no screen time. And then he might choose to just run off to the other side of the playground. I very much need advice. It sounds to me like you are walking into situations with hope and not a plan. Is that right? That very well could be. Yes. So the strike when the iron is cold, which means I feel like you're working real hard when you're in the heat of the moment, but maybe not doing so much rehearsal outside of this World Series moment at the playground where <laughs> I'll stay really high. Promise the park for Friday afternoon and say, but we need to see big boy behavior on the way to getting there. Name three things, whatever they are. He puts his pants on by himself. He puts his toys away. Whatever it is. And if he's reluctant, remind him through that phrase. How about some big boy behavior? If you can have a small mantra that will trigger him to what it is he's supposed to do and he'll put his energy there. In my house, it was fussing gets you nothing. So if they started to fuss about something, I would say, what does fussing get you? And they would say nothing and then they would stop because it, it triggered them to, oh yeah, I'm supposed to do X. Make sense? Yes. Okay, um, brothers, uh, Kazakia. That, um, I think for most people, that sounds like some really good, solid advice on how you can get a child to, to behave and not rebel. So uh, what, do you, what do you think, Kazaki? Was that sound advice? And, 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 how do you, how do you, what, what are, and if it was not, which advice wasn't sound and why not? Well, you know, not every child is going gonna, is gonna to fit the same mold. You know, children are different. Okay. The okay. advice that I can give comes out of the scriptures. Now, when we read in Proverbs chapter 19, let's start at verse, and I'm going to read a series of scriptures. When we read Proverbs chapter 19, starting at verse 18, it says, Chasten thy son while there is hope, and, not, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. So obviously, this is not a time out scripture. So what we what we what we see here is chasten thy son while there is hope. In other words, there is supposed to be some type of discipline, corporal punishment even, to be administered to a child. Keyword child, not adolescent, not young adult, eighteen plus, but a child. And that corporal punishment, let's understand this. I'm, I'm choosing my words very carefully. Let's understand this thing. Corporal punishment does not include breaking bones, does not include rupturing organs, does not include going to the hospital. That is abuse. But that 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 swift pop or swift pop one two three across the backside across the buttocks that should get the message home. Now we also read in Proverbs twenty three and uh, verse thirteen it says withhold not correction from the child 
For if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. So now, let's look at it. Withhold not correction from the child. In other words, the, the, the motive of that corporal punishment is supposed to be a form of correction. It's supposed to be a form of teaching. This is not what you're supposed to do. And because you did it, these are now the consequences of the actions or of the decisions that you took. Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. Now, a lot, a lot of parents take this scripture and run marathons with it, thinking that it's okay to just haul off and abuse their children. No, it is not okay to just haul off and abuse their children. This is the most highest tool for dealing with defiant children. Now, if you want to add taking away privileges and other punishments such as no, no TV time, uh, uh, you're not going to get your favorite dessert, uh, you're not going to have access to your telephone, to a telephone or internet and YouTube and things of that nature and Facebook, by all means, help yourself. But this is what the most high out of the scriptures are telling us as parents to do. Now, I've, I've got to put this out there as well. If we have to administer that corporal punishment, we as parents have to be in the right framework of mind. And by that, I'm saying we can't sit there and call ourselves uh, uh, disciplining our children if somebody them, on a job them pissed us off and now we want to come home and vent our frustrations. No, sir. We're supposed to be in the right, clear framework of mind. That is, okay, it's time for me to teach my son or my daughter the, 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 the responsibility or the consequences that come with defiant behavior or the consequences that come with disrespectful behavior, and then you go about administering that rod so that they understand, no, this is something that is not permissible. This is something that the Heavenly Father does not tolerate, and these are the consequences behind the actions that you took. Also in Ecclesiasticus chapter 30, starting at verse 9, where Jonathan started, I'm going to keep it going. Cock thy mm-hmm. child, and he shall make thee afraid. Play with him, and he will bring thee to heaviness. Laugh not with him, lest thou have sorrow with him, and lest thou gnash thy teeth. Give him no liberty in his youth, and wink not at his follies. Now, here's the real point. Verse 12. Bow down his neck while he is young and beat him on the sides. Now, remember when your granddaddy and your grandmama used to say, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to I'm whoop your backside? They talk about your, uh, your butt. So, there's, so the scriptures even tell you where you're supposed to land those blows when it comes to corporal punishment. On the butt. Not punching them in the nose, not kicking them in the ribs, not slapping them all upside the head, and definitely not uh, breaking their back but landing those blows on that butt so that they understand this is something that's coming from the Heavenly Father that the Most High is not tolerating and also my parents are not tolerating. Verse 12, bow down his neck while he is young and beat him on the sides while he is a child, lest he wax 
stubborn, and be disobedient unto thee, and so bring sorrow to thine heart. So there it is. When you ha- when you're dealing with a child that's being disrespectful, that's being uh, defiant, that don't want to humble themselves, the Heavenly Father gives us plenty of advice out of the scriptures as to what we are supposed to do and how we're supposed to administer that correction. Back to you, brother. Thank you for uh, that, brother man. Uh, uh question for you is going to go with the, uh, it's going to concern the younger children. Um, at what age, um, you know, can you exercise corporal punishment with a child? You know, can you do it with infants? Can they be, do they have to be nine months old, you know, 12 months old? Can they be as young as three months old? You know, at what point can you exercise any degree of corporal punishment with a child? Well, you know, that's a part of, I'm going to read this first. Any corporal punishment, what age? It says, if you, all right, we already read it, like, when the scripture tells us to talk with them by and by, when we raise up, when we walk, when we do, I know we constantly go there in Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter. But then, like the brother, like we brought out earlier, you would know your child, even from an infant. You would see that, okay, they they see things, certain things they see. They, then you know by you verbally um, talking to them, no. We just had a conversation about that yesterday. A, a brother with a, a newborn, he was like, look, when I say no, he knows what I'm saying, even at six months. There's mm-hmm. a hesitation. So now that corporal punishment, um, right there, that's the beginning of corporal punishment right right there. The brother's telling his, his child no, and he's listening. He's getting a response. So now when it's two and they begin to walk, they begin to crawl, and they're sticking their fingers everywhere and doing everything, you don't have to get a bell. You can speak to them, the tone of voice. You can even begin, like when a child is um, two, three, and you spank them, you're not hitting them hard. You can get a little piece of paper. It's actually more, they love you so much, it's oh, so much more of an embarrassment to even be tapped like that. It don't even mm-hmm. hurt them. But the mental capacity of you constantly doing what the Lord says, giving them the admonition and the love, I'm going to read it. It's uh, Ephesians 6 and, um, and verse 4, and it says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Showing them right from wrong at that young age, and you not, okay, they're young, and, and the brother read the scripture, don't be weaking, winking at their follies, but you're not coming down on a, 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 a two-year-old or a three-year-old like you're going to, Come um, handle a what an eight year old like you're gonna handle a thirteen year old like you're gonna handle a fifteen year old. There's wisdom in everything in this book that the Lord, this book of life, to show us how to live. So now you're gonna apply that for those ages. That's you. So it's no way around. Look, uh, uh, an age like the mindset that people have when they hear oh corporate punishment. Oh, you giving it to them. Oh, what are you doing that? There's, there's ways that you talk and you deal and you giving out that, that corporal punishment as the word, the world defines it, but the Heavenly Father defines it as you bringing them up in the ammunition of the Lord. And you know where mm-hmm. these scriptures you hear about some corporal punishment. 
but it's a it's a defined thing of what man comes up with. But you hear the Heavenly Father says, teach them, admonish them, correct mm-hmm. them. So that's what you're doing. But you got to do it with the wisdom and knowledge and understanding that's through Christ. That the Heavenly Father gave to Christ, and now we as the followers of Christ, we're administering, administering it in our household. So that's that's the thing. You don't have a a a age limit when you when you see okay it's, it's a need for something you you do what the scripture says bring bring them up in in admonition of the Lord when you see something it's time to go to another level you go to that next level back to you bro okay well brothers uh, we only have just a, a couple more minutes left uh, so what I'd like to do now is just go to you for your summation of the things we covered today which is basically. Uh, children getting gaining consent from children, children understanding consent, and also uh, dealing with children that are rebellious. Kazaki, let me get your so, response, your summation first. My summation lies in the scriptures in Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 30, where it says, There is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. So the Heavenly Father has given us all the tools that we need out of the scriptures to deal with children, to teach, uh, to teach children consent, uh, concepts such as consent, all of those tools that we need to teach these things are already in the scriptures. Before we teach, we have to be those examples and make sure that we are doing and applying first and foremost, number one. Number two, in that, with all these different new age notions that are coming out as far as the new, the new age or new way of raising and parenting, that's all madness and, and, and foolishness with the Lord. Let's stick to what the Heavenly Father has already established, the king of all wisdom. Okay. And you want to your summation? Yes, I'm going to say that the Heavenly Father's word is to a thousand generations, okay, from since creation, and the word endures forever. And all of these new wave ideologies and philosophies are ploys of Satan to destroy the family. And yet we're in a condition where our neighborhoods and our families are destroyed. But the way to come back to peace, to love, to happiness, to wisdom, to sound doctrine is the word of the Heavenly Father. And I'm just going to read this one verse. It says Isaiah uh, chapter 8 and, and in verse 20. And Isaiah 8 and 20 says, to the law and to the testimony If they speak not according to this word It is because there is no light in them The wisdom, the light, the understanding Is the words of Christ And I say may we hear and administer those words And then all things will be at peace Well brothers Thank you so much uh, for t- participating In today's program And uh, doing your best to edify The audience I really really do appreciate that You've done an excellent job of that uh, all praises goes out to the Most High God in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. So until next time, I say Shalom. Brothers and sisters, thank you for visiting with us in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. You can visit our website at thebocc.com or you can email us at bodyofchrist at youreach.com or call us at 877-871-1712. 
Until our next visit, the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. Shalom. Thank you.